Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. My name is Grant Baldwin. Good to have you here with us today. Hope you're doing well. Hope life is treating you good. Today, we got a great episode for you. we got another listener Q&A. We're doing a lot of these. In fact, if you haven't already noticed or if you're not up to speed, we are doing the month of April. We are doing 30 episodes in 30 days, so one episode every single day. A lot of these are listener Q&As, listener questions, my answer. We're having a lot of fun with this, so I want to, if you have a question, make sure that you leave us a voicemail over at thespeakerlab.com. Again, thespeakerlab.com. Also, if you haven't already, we've got a free Facebook group that is packed with speakers. We've got over 3,500 speakers in there right now as of this recording. And so I would love for you to be a part of that. It's a place for you to connect with other speakers, to get your questions answered. Anything that you're just stuck on in your speaking business, if you just want some like moral support just to know that, hey, you're doing good, that's the place to be. So if you're interested in that, you can go over to the Speaker Lab group dot com, the speaker lab group.com. Again, it's a, uh, a free private Facebook group. You definitely want to check out the speaker lab group.com. All right. Today's question comes from Maya and talking about taxes. Oh, the joys of taxes, the joys of owning your own business and having to pay taxes. So let's get into it. Here is today's question. All right. Today's question comes from Maya Akiva who asked the question, how do you pay taxes on your fee? If they pay you $4,000 and you use that money also for travel, what do you report to the IRS as earning? Do you report the full $4,000? Thanks. All right, great question here from Maya. Now, on an upcoming episode of the podcast, we're going to be interviewing a, a CPA, a certified public accountant, to talk all about taxes and speakers and how that all relates. But I'm going to just give you kind of a high-level view of what to consider here. Now, before we get into this, let me give you the disclaimer that you need to know that I am not a tax or legal professional. So do not take this, Maya or anybody, as professional advice. Now, I, I have a, a bookkeeper and a CPA. This is just what I do as a speaker when it comes to taxes. Again, just kind of a high level view here. Also, uh, just know that every state, every country, every region, they, they all have different tax laws and it can be very, very ridiculously complicated and confusing. So you'll just have to apply this to, to your own context. But I can, I can just tell you what I do as a speaker here in the United States. So the general rule here is that you're going to be paying federal taxes on the net amount of your speaking fee, on the net amount, all right? So here's what I mean by that. Okay, let's take Maya's example here of a $4,000 speaking fee. So she went, she spoke, she got a check for $4,000. Now, she also said that her travel was included in that. So let's assume here that she had $1,000 in travel expenses, which would leave her with a net amount 
of $3,000. So I got a $4,000 check, or my got a $4,000 check, and then she also had $1,000 travel expenses that she had to cover out of that. So that the actual final amount that she has is $3,000. So she would be responsible for paying federal taxes on that $3,000 net amount. And so whenever she would actually file this, she would show her what was called her gross income as $4,000 and the expenses as $1,000. So that's kind of how you would figure up what the net amount would be. Again, that's just a back of the napkin type of quick math there. Now let's, let's talk about the, the tax side of it here. Let's say that she was in, uh, again, ton of variables here. Let's just say for a round figure, she's in a 25% tax bracket, all right? That means she would take 25% of 3,000, again, her, her net amount, 25% of $3,000, which would be $750. That's the amount that she would actually owe for taxes. She would set that aside for taxes. So her actual after-tax take-home for the event, remember she got $4,000, but she had $1,000 in travel, which brings it down to a $3,000. And then she had $750 in taxes. So her final amount was $2,250. Now, this is really, really important because as a business owner, you have to look at the big picture of what is happening with your cash flow and your finances in your business. See, it's, it's really, really easy to look at this on the surface and think, oh, this is cool. I spoke, I got a check for $4,000. Now I have $4,000 thousand dollars to spend. Woohoo! No, no, no. This is not right. This is incorrect. Because again, after expenses, after taxes, Maya would have almost half of what she started with. And you must absolutely pay attention to these details or they will cripple your business. So let's go back to the example here where Maya is responsible for paying $750 in taxes. Now, this is generally done as a what's called a quarterly estimate. So how that works is each quarter, you would send the federal government, again, we're talking US-based here, a check of the estimated amount of taxes that you earned for that quarter. And so you are just paying taxes as you, you're basically just paying taxes as you earn money. And then at the end of the year, when you file taxes, you just kind of go through and figure up if you get any of that money back. So you're paying again as uh, throughout the year, paying a couple times. And then as the year goes, you're con again, continuing paying taxes just once per quarter, basically. And then at the end of the year, whenever you actually file your tax report that's due, you know, April 15th, at that point, you kind of just say, all right, here's what I earned. Here's what my expenses were here, how much tax I've paid in. And ideally, ideally, it works out to be about break even that you don't have to, you don't get any money, any, anything back, but you don't have to pay anymore. So that's kind of the, the ideal goal there. Now here, let's talk about how this whole process works in, in our personal business. What we do is we keep a spreadsheet that we use for basically a payroll which is updated every other Friday. And again, this is just how we do it. So every other Friday, we put in the amount of revenue that our speaking business brought in in the past two weeks. And so that could be from events that I actually spoke at. It could be from maybe deposits for upcoming events that haven't taken place yet. But any speaking revenue, we put into that spreadsheet. Then we also put in the amount of expenses that we had related to those speaking events in the past two weeks. And so that gives us our net amount. So again, Income 
minus expenses is the net amount. So from there, we're going to take 25% of that net amount. And again, let's just, let's go for round figures here. Let's just say we had $10,000 come in in two weeks for speaking revenue. Okay. And let's say out of that, we had $2,000 in expenses, which leaves us a net amount of $8,000. So 10,000 income, 2000 expenses, net amount of $8,000. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take 25% of that amount, which would be, what is that? 25% of 8,000 is $2,000. We set that aside in what we call a, a tax savings account. Now, this is a separate account from our business checking account. It is a completely separate account just for our quarterly tax savings. And so what we do is we transfer the money uh, to that account and we just leave it there. We do not touch it. The reason is, is that if we leave it in our business checking account, we are more likely to spend it. So if we just kind of get it out of sight, out of mind, each quarter when we have to pay our estimated taxes, basically we drain that tax savings account and we write a big painful check to the government. I hate it, but it's a necessary evil. So that's basically how we do uh, federal taxes. All right. Again, that's high level view, not a tax professional, not a, a legal professional, but that's just a high level view of kind of how the process works. Now, let's talk very quickly about state taxes. Again, this is within the U.S. Now, I have heard different things from different speakers, and you need to you need to check with your own CPA on this. But some speakers, we do this. We also pay state taxes in the state where we actually spoke. And some states require that you file and pay if you do work in their state. So for example, professional athletes where they're, they're traveling around, musicians when they're like on tour or actors who are doing work in other states. Anytime you're performing work in those other states, you have to file and you have to pay in those states where the work is done. So for example, uh, last year we had to file taxes in something like 20 different states because I spoke in around 20 different states. But know this, that you're only paying state taxes on the amount that was earned in that state. And the good news is that the state tax rates are generally lower than federal tax rates. So meaning, let's say you earn $50,000 in speaking revenue, um, and you live in, in my case, I live in, in Tennessee, but let's say I earn $3,000 of that from North Dakota, I would have to potentially file taxes in North Dakota on the $3,000 I earned in that particular state state. Now, again, not every speaker does this. I've heard differing opinions from both speakers and CPAs. Uh, I'm just telling you what I do. I had a CPA tell me a couple years ago that it's probably good to do this just to be on the safe side. So that that's what we'll do. So again, we're going to have a CPA on the show in the near future to talk more in depth all about this. But I just want to give you a high level view uh, so it, this doesn't come back to bite you because many entrepreneurs and speakers, they, they just don't do a good job at this and they get in real, real trouble whenever it comes tax time. Because if you're supposed to be setting aside money each time you speak and then you just don't do it and then you have a huge tax bill that's due at, at the end of the year, but the money that you earn was all gone, you would be screwed. Listen, I, I cannot emphasize this enough. This is not something to mess around with, right? Make sure that you set aside money from speaking for taxes. Don't be like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll just reimburse myself later. No, no, no. This is why, again, we created a separate tax savings account because it's not, I just have to pretend that that money doesn't exist. Right now in my tax savings account, there's a lot of money in there that would be nice to touch, but it's just, no, no, no. That money is already accounted for. It's, I have to, I have to write that, that painful check to the government. Uh, and so I have to have it just out of sight, 
out of mind. So again, just to reiterate here, I am not a tax or legal professional. I'm just telling you what I have, uh, have always done here. So hope that helps. Thanks for the question, Maya. All right. I hope you enjoyed that little chat, chat, chatteroo about, uh, about taxes. Taxes are just, uh, they're just a burden, but they are a necessary evil, I guess. So who said that quote that two absolutes in life are death and taxes? Who was that? Was that like Ben Franklin? Maybe? I don't know. I'm totally butchering it anyway. Anyway, hey, if you'd like to have your question answered on an upcoming episode of the show, definitely stop by thespeakerlab.com. We would love to hear from you. love to answer that question for you. Hey, like I mentioned at the top of the show, also, if you haven't already joined the Facebook group, we would love for you to be a part of that. You can go over to thespeakerlabgroup.com, thespeakerlabgroup.com. That will take you over to the uh, the private Facebook group. We've got uh, We've got thousands, literally, literally thousands of speakers in there. I would love for you to uh, to be a part of that. Also subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on any of these uh, upcoming episodes that we are doing. So tomorrow's episode, we're going to be talking about what's the right balance between like comedy and content whenever you're speaking to an audience. How do you know how much funny to have versus how much content to have? So we're going to get into that in tomorrow's episode. So make sure you look out for that. All right, that wraps up episode 33. And uh, again, we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.